Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 112th episode of the podcast, where we get a chance to talk to head coach at Virginia Military Institute, Coach Sam Roberts. Coach Roberts, the current head coach of VMI, was also an alum of VMI, where he is the all-time hit leader. He actually ranked in the top three of nine offensive categories, was drafted out of VMI by Oakland A's, and as a position player and spent his time as a position player until his last two years. Last two years, he transitioned to the mound where he finished his pro pro career. Since then, he had taken over as pitching coach in 2017 at VMI. And then recently in August, August 22, he was named the head coach at VMI. During his time at VMI, he's helped mentor and been an example using his pro experience to mentor Josh Winder, Matt Engel, Zach Kent, all guys who have been either signed free agent or drafted. Josh Winder drafted in the seventh round. Zach Kent drafted in the ninth round. We've been around some quality talent at VMI while helping those guys serve and do their military duties. During the episode, we get a chance to talk about pitching, of course. Um, you'll see here. Coach talked a good bit about pitching. Uh, he talks a good bit about base running, as well as just the you know, challenges and you know creating a program and doing the things that there's unique to VMI and what makes them special. So really appreciate Coach Roberts giving us some time. Uh, also, could not be happy with uh, happen without our netting pros, our friends at Netting Pros, Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall graphic padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting pros continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for their latest products and projects. So thank you to those guys. Thanks to you, Will Meyer. Check out those guys. Follow them up. Make sure you're following Coach Roberts and thanking him for all that he did to help us get better. So without further ado, here he is, head coach at Virginia Military Institute, Coach Sam Roberts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, in terms of Jimmy, I didn't, I didn't know Jimmy until um, I got into coaching. But Alex, I mean, we played against each other. He played at Radford, um, and I played obviously at VMI. Um, and then, you know, obviously those guys working for Coach Eikenberry at, at JMU. Um, you know, obviously, I, I played for him at VMI. So, um, you know, obviously, the, the mutual respect for, you know, how they go about their business and, and, and all that is, you know, definitely there. And, and again, um, you know, when I'm around those guys, you know, there's a lot of learning that's going on in terms of, um, you know, what I what I get going on, you know, with them. So, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, what what, what kind of things do, like, I'm sure they learn from you, like, from the, the, the way that you have to run your program or, like, the I guess the challenges are, like, and then what kind of things do you learn from them? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, just uh, just from Jimmy, I mean, 
he was one of the first people that I reached out to when, um, you know, when I was trying to get the pitching job at VMI. Because after I got done playing, you know, I, I, I came here, was a volunteer for, um, you know, a year and, uh, you know, had an opportunity. Our, our pitching coach left to go to a, another school. And so I had an opportunity to interview for the pitching job here. Um, and that was one of the first guys I reached out to in order to, you know, just get a plan for an overall year um, and what you're kind of trying to accomplish and all that. And so, um, and, and again, the, the connection there was for him was uh, Marlon Eikenberry. So, mm. um, so I reached out to him, you know, he put me in touch with Jimmy um, and then that's kind of where that all started. And then once I got, you know, once I got the job or whatever, um, you know, just being around him more and more and, and, and obviously talking about pitching and pitch development and all that stuff. You know, again, um, you know, it's really good to kind of be able to hang out with him and, and be able to pick his brain. And then Alex, I mean, Alex is a guy that, you know, does an unbelievable job in terms of the recruiting process, in terms of evaluating guys and, and having a really good idea of, you know, what works in college baseball, not just from like a, you know, talent perspective, but the guys that, you know, maybe not, you know, don't have the fastest 60 times or the best exit velocities or, you know, okay, does the guy throw 95 miles an hour or not? You know, kind of the guys that, you know, um, you know, he has a he has a good feel for the guys, you know, not only those guys, but also those guys that maybe aren't the, you know, most toolsiest guys in the world. And so just having an idea and, um, you know, again, picking his brains in terms of, you know, the, the recruiting side of it and, and, the, and the evaluation side of it. So, yeah. Yeah, he definitely also has, like, <clears throat> it's interesting you say that because I, I do find that with Jimmy. Um, and I think we all, there's a, a certain, for, for whatever reason, um, you just see guys that maybe weren't the most highly recruited. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're good players at Jam, you know, like they're, they're, yeah. they're like you said, you know, how do they, how do they do it? And they like said, what were the works in college baseball? It's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, just looking at those guys, I mean, um, you know, just this, this past year, you know, with Chase DeLauder and, and guys yeah. like that, I mean, I mean, you know, again, not only from the position side of it, but also from the pitching side of it. I know when uh, Jimmy first got there, you know, um, he did an unbelievable job of landing some guys that, you know, had, you know, ended up being high draft picks and all that. And I, I again, I remember getting into coaching and playing against those guys and being like, good gracious, man. You had the, you know, um, you know, guy after guy coming out of the bullpen, you know, throwing in the mid nineties and stuff like that. So again, at that time, I didn't know if it was a, you know, evaluation perspective or, or, you know, just the development perspective. I was like, man, I gotta, you know, get a hold of this guy. Cause either he's finding guys that are, you know, hidden gems or he's this dude can really develop. And I think, you know, the more and more I'm around him, I think it's a combination of both. You know, he has the ability to kind of look at a kid and kind of see that, see what they're going to be three to four years later. And then I think he has, you know, does a good job of, you know, knowing what he's good at in terms of the development side and, and matching that with, again, um, what that kid, you know, maybe, you know, deficient at. So, yeah. So in terms of like, like I'm thinking in your role, like being the head guy and your, your pitching background. Yeah. Like, do you, um, like take that and how do you instill that into your pitching coach where you're trying to give him and allow him the chance to run the staff? 
Yeah, so I think that's that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I told our, our pitching coach that we currently have is, you know, when, you know, I was, you know, obviously, you know, uh, interviewing him and stuff like that is I want to, you know, be as, you know, involved as, as little as possible in terms of, you know, the development side and that sort of stuff because I always felt like, you know, if I was always there, especially, you know, initially with the kids that, you know, returned and, and all that stuff, they would just look to me at like, okay, well, what's Sam doing? Stuff like that. And so um, the biggest thing that I tried to do was just kind of, you know, stay in the background a little bit. But obviously, if he needed my help and, and that sort of stuff, you know, being there for him, you know, and kind of giving him an idea, um, you know, again, what I would do in those certain situations. So a lot of it goes on, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, understanding the development and all that and understanding, okay, how these kids kind of, you know, what, you know, they do best in terms of learning, you know, that sort of stuff. A lot of that goes on in the mornings and stuff like that when I'm, you know, when we have our staff meetings and stuff like that. Because again, I don't want the kids to sit there and, you know, be like, hey, what would Sam do and, and work it against us in any way. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the, the route that I've taken. Um, but again, you know, at any point, obviously being a head coach, you know, you, you're, you're, you're in charge of it all. And so, um, but again, I like to do a lot of that, you know, in terms of the mornings and stuff like that. So, yeah. mm -hmm. cool. So I'm just thinking, <clears throat> um, I guess in that, in terms of leadership, you know, you said you played at VMI, you know, this is, you spent a lot of time is like, um, just that, that leadership, um, and, and kind of what you're, what, is kind of taught just by being at VMI, you know, the kind of, uh, the kind of lesson. So like, how have you found like it helps guys or like, let's say it's helping your staff. Like, let's say a guy like you bring in, like it's, they haven't been like you, they didn't play at VMI. They didn't do like, how right. is their adjustment period? Like, or what their, how they do at VMI helps them. I think the biggest adjustment for coaches coming into VMI that, you know, maybe you didn't go to school here is just understanding what these kids go through on a day in and day out basis, you know, and just, um, you know, kind of being there for them because again, sometimes, um, you know, their workload can be a little bit different just, you know, depending on the class ranks and, and all that. So our freshmen, they may go through a little bit more physical training stuff and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of understanding, you know, just the overall uh, workload that each kid is going to go through and just, you know, I think more than anything, it kind of puts our coaches in a position where they have to communicate more with our guys because, again, the freshman workload is going to be significantly different than the upperclassmen workload just from a school perspective and the military side of the actual school. And so, um, again, I think it's really good, especially for young coaches, um, you know, to kind of, again, put themselves in a position where they have to communicate with each kid and kind of see where they're at and stuff like that. And so, um, but, you know, just in general, in terms of leadership development, I think it's good um, initially because, again, they kind of break you down to build you back up. Um, so I think it's, you know, it, it kind of puts each kid, you know, regardless of their background out of high school at the same level. And then, again, they kind of, you know, build up at, off of that. And so, um, you know, again, it's, it's a really unique experience. Um, but again, it's, it's a lot of learning that goes on, especially that first semester for our guys. 
Um, and then after that, you know, they kind of, you know, start to, to figure it out and start to build them up and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. How, how much of your false like schedule is, 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 I guess you would say challenged or affected by like all of that tearing down how much they have to do in that first semester. Right. So their typical day. Um, so they wake up about seven. Um, that's when they have formation. So they're in their uniforms. Uh, we don't have night class here at VMI. So um, classes start around eight o'clock. Most of them are in class at eight. Um, you know, but again, because the class starts so early, they're typically out of class, you know, by two, but the last possible class that you can be in ends at four. And so typically um, our, our practices start around 4.30 or so. Um, but again, you know, just on the day in and day out base, basis in terms of the uh, weekdays, our guys um, are, are not doing a ton of the military side of the school. Uh, but once we get to the weekend, like Saturday mornings, that's when, you know, they may have to do some military obligation, whether it's a, you know, run or, you know, whether it's listening to a speaker or something, you know, whether it's a uniform inspection or a room inspection or whatever, um, Saturdays are typically, or Saturday mornings are typically the days in which they do those things. Now, in terms of the regular um, student, um, every afternoon they're doing some sort of military obligation, what, again, whether it's physical training or whether it's uniform or room inspection, stuff like that. And so, um, you know, so again, that's kind of their workload in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the freshmen and stuff like that. So, and they, and essentially they need to be off on the weekends. So they don't have to do the stuff on the weekends where the baseball players or athletes do. No, they still have to do it during the weekend. So they have a little bit, you know, again, higher of a workload in terms of the military side of the school. But, okay. um, yeah, so our, fre but, uh, you know, to, to go back on that. So our freshmen get here about a little over a week earlier than the upperclassmen. And during that week, they're learning the military side of the school, you know, how to, you know, just kind of their, you know, expectations of this actual school. So like how to wear the uniform, you know, the expectation of the room, that sort of stuff. And so that's when it's the most challenging for our guys, because during that week, they don't have baseball and they don't have school to kind of escape from the military side of the school. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so that's, you know, during, you know, again, during that week, they're doing military, you know, all day, every day. And so uh, once we get them through that week, um, then it gets into classes. So then they get into that regular schedule of like, hey, 8 a.m. We typically start, you know, class, you know, out of class around two. If I'm not, you know, I'm going up until four um, and then baseball field and then study hall after that. So, yeah. OK. So, yeah, you see you see real quick at first week if they're really committed to you or not. No doubt. You just <laughs> never really know. But uh, that week is a uh, I think it's a really good thing for our guys because I think it forces them to. Um, you know, really figure out the lifestyle and, and the expectations. Like, I think if uh, if it was probably up to, you know, I'm just putting myself in, in their shoes. If it was up to me and I, you know, had, you know, you know, to deal with the classroom, the baseball side of it, and I was trying to learn literally everything military-wise because I was not a military kid, I probably wouldn't have learned any of it. I probably would have been like, okay, I've got two hours until I go down to the baseball field and – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on baseball mind. So, um, mm -hmm. but again, um, during that week, you know, there's no baseball to look, you know, look at, there's no classes to, you know, kind of 
you know, get you out of, you know, the military side of it. So literally during that week, it's just, okay, let's lock in and focus on learning this stuff. And then after that, you know, our guys do a great job of kind of understanding like, hey, look, this is the expectation. And, you know, it's not going to change whether you have, you know, a game this weekend or not. You know, this is what's expected of you. This is how you wear the uniform. This is how you keep your room. And, um, again, our guys do a really good job of understanding that side of it. So, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, again, just my, I just think of just all these things, like think of like the challenge that you have, or I think of like the extra, you know, uh, accountability that you have to put into like, or let's say a guy's not going to travel or a guy's not going to do this because his uniform wasn't right. Right. You, you probably deal with a lot of the, a lot of that where someone had said, "Hey, coach, guy's uniform wasn't right," or Pat didn't pass room inspection. And then does is that part of like like do you, do you deal with that as part of like a consequence to, to not play baseball, or is it a part of a consequence for the school? Uh, it's definitely more of a consequence for the school. Um, we just try to under like we just try to you know make sure that they understand you know um, you know. Typically, the better they are in terms of the military side of it, you know, the more that they can focus on, you know, baseball and their school schoolwork. And so um, I think it's easy to kind of sit there and be like, OK, there's no, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, you know, me being good, you know, at the military side of it or keeping my room clean and stuff like that doesn't, you know, mean I'm going to be a good baseball player, which is true. But what it does allow those kids to do is kind of focus a little bit more on those other things. And so we try to make sure that they understand, you know, while it's not, you know, while it may not be why they're, why they're here, um, we try to, you know, allow them to understand like, Hey, you got to be good in this area so that we, you know, aren't down at the field and we're worrying about, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm getting in trouble, you know, in terms of the military side of it because my uniform was terrible today and stuff like that. And so, um, so again, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, the more that we can stay on top of those things, the less they have to worry about it. And the more that they can focus on, you know, their schoolwork and, and development, development on the baseball field. So, so well, speaking of that development, speaking of that development, yep. just kind of swinging on the baseball side of things, you know, like you're doing fall ball right now, like, um, you'll fit, I guess, team practice right now. And then you'll go into, will you do individuals here? I guess when they stop or do you kind of take a break before you get rolling? Um, yeah. Yeah. So we got about two more weeks of, uh, of fall ball left. Um, once that's over, we'll transition to more of that, that indie uh, work and stuff like that. And so um, the guys have been doing really well um, in terms of, uh, you know, their energy and kind of how they, you know, how they're retaining the information that they're getting, um, you know, and so, it's been really good so far. Um, again, we just hope that we uh, finish the fallout strong um, and all that. So, yeah. Cool. So, like, and in terms of like the the indie work when you start to develop guys, like, yeah, within your background, like, are you still just trying to like, uh, again, I'm just thinking in terms of like managing the staff. Are you just like walking around, like, basically like doing what's necessary, and then just kind of just overseeing everything? Um, when, in terms of development? Yeah, so right now, um, so once we transition to that indie period, right. um, I'll kind of take the infielders. Um, I'm, I'm more so focused on the infielders right now um, and their development. Um, 
you know, and, and that's kind of how I, I split up the responsibilities. But um, our, our hitting coach will obviously more so focus on uh, the development of the hitters. And then, um, you know, between our pitching coach and our volunteer assistant, they've kind of uh, done a really good job handling um, the arms that we have. And so my focus, you know, right now is just uh, just kind of develop developing those infielders. Um, but again, you know, in terms of like kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, in the mornings and stuff like that um, is kind of when I, you know, kind of we kind of break down the arms, kind of break down what they're doing well, kind of, you know, again, kind of figure out kind of what we want them to kind of, you know, get better at and that sort of stuff. And then once we get to the actual practice, um, then it becomes, you know, as, as best as I can, um, the pitching coach and the, and the volunteer kind of handle the arms and, 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 and handle the overall messaging. But again, we kind of all three work together, um, you know, in the mornings and kind of figure out kind of the plan for the, you know, week or two going forward. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I was just, um, what else I was thinking? I was thinking about like, uh, um, just the challenge, like you said, the, when you start these indie work, it also got me thinking of like the weather and like you had previously mentioned, like you don't have an indoor, yeah. um, but not having an indoor facility is like how, you know, and I know you're Southern Florida or Southern Virginia, um, yep. you know, so like, it's not terrible, uh, but it's, 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 it can be what kind of creative ways do you do to try and, you know, are you just trying to suck it up and we'll be okay. Or like, what do you, what is that kind of your message as things start to turn and how do you get creative with that? Yeah. So we, it's actually really good. We got access to like, kind of like our rec center almost um, where it's like multiple gym uh, floors. Um, and so we're able to go in there and throw when it, you know, when it snowed and, and take ground balls and that sort of stuff. But again, I think um, just the overall mindset of the kids that we have, um, you know, that choose VMI, you know, because of the military side of the school and because of the ac academic rigors, I think, um, you know, they look at baseball as kind of their escape. And so there's not a whole lot of complaining when it's, you know, freezing cold because trust me, it gets really cold up here. And so, uh, but I think that's, you know, probably more so for the coaches and, and all that, because again, I don't think these kids, um, you know, yeah, they feel that it's cold and that sort of stuff, but they're so used to it. Um, you know, and they do a really good job of, you know, having a really good mindset and, and all that, you know, when it comes to, okay, you know, yeah, I mean, you might not have an indoor, but, you know, what we do have is a really nice field and, and a really nice stadium and, and all that. And so I think they, they uh, think about more so the stuff that we do have and, and don't think about the stuff that we don't have. And so, um, again, they do a really good job and they stay focused and in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, being able to, you know, develop and do the things that we need to do to get them better. I think, uh, I think we have, you know, quite a few, uh, positive things in our disposal. So, yeah, so it's a great job. You know, it's a great opportunity for a lot of these kids to get better. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like you don't have an indoor, I guess you could say like, yeah, I guess it's not your own, like you kind yeah. of, so I'm sure there's like logistical things, like sharing the schedule, make sure we're all on the same right. page. You might have to give it at certain price, certain, unique times i guess you could say it might not be the most convenient but you still have a place to go if it does get it's not like you don't go like you can't more practice right yeah it's just a challenge i guess of the schedule you got and then so assuming you got like you some type of cages and things like that in the in 
Yeah, so we what we do with the cages, um, you know, we kind of have um, flaps and we have heaters and all that stuff in there. Um, so it kind of, you know, we're able to keep that warm. Um, the pitching side of it's probably the, you know, toughest, you know, because again, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it gets really cold. But, um, you know, again, they, you know, I think, you know, just how far warm ups and warm ups have come in terms of the pre throw and that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. um, the guys do, you know, a really good job before they ever throw a baseball of being ready to actual throw, actually throw. And yeah. so I know when I was going through college, um, you know, it was like, Hey man, run a, run a couple laps and let's go throw. And so, <laughs> um, and again, I don't know how, how good I would have been, you know, if, if things would have been different in terms of the free throw, in terms of bands and weighted balls and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I was, cause again, I was a guy that was like, okay, give me a baseball and let's roll. And so, um, but yeah, these kids nowadays are so used to, you know, the pre throw routines of bands and, and, you know, foam rolling and, corrective exercises and you know weighted ball stuff that they're they are ready to go and and i don't think you know the temperature really you know uh gets too too tough on them but again when the when it does snow that's typically um obviously when we transition to the indoor uh work and stuff like that so that's a great that's a great point like they truly do try to they truly do like now like the guys who are about their program they truly get hot yeah. You know, they truly do get hot. Whereas probably when we were playing, it was like, hey, man, let's, yeah, like, it's cold, man. But yeah. uh, yeah. it hurt. Those first couple hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just a different era. And, and the kids are so aware of, uh, you know, um, which is a good thing, but like they're so aware of, you know, prehab and, and, and pre throw routines that, like, you know, it's almost like if they were asked to not do that stuff. You know, it'd almost be, you know, twice as hard on them as it ever probably was on us in terms of picking up a baseball and rolling. So, um, so yeah. Hey, man, that's, I, I agree. It, it, it's so, you get a lot more fight with it saying not to do it. You know, you wouldn't, yeah. buy, the buy-in wouldn't be there. Right. For sure. So. But that's cool that you take that. I mean, you, you take that mindset because a lot of guys, you're like, oh, you know, like you hear the other, the other, the other ways, like, oh, these guys got to do all these stuff. And could you imagine, you know, guys not having a phone roller now, you know, like yeah. all those kind of, all that kind of mindset. So it's interesting. Like, have you always taken the mindset of just kind of a, uh, like adapting? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I, I tell the guys probably once every uh, year, I think it's amazing now. Again, I didn't get done. I mean, it feels like not that long ago, but I, my last year of full season playing was 2016. And, uh, you know, there was, there was only one team that I played, you know, against that was, you know, did anything other than, Hey, let's do an active warm up and let's get the balls and start throwing them. And that was the Cubs because they had Derek Johnson at the time. Um, and so like we were, you know, I, I was a converted guy from an infielder and all we did was, you know, active warm up you know, do a little shadow drill and then let's, let's get the balls and chuck them. And so, and I'm like, dude, that was like 2016. It doesn't feel like that long ago. And it's like, sure. if our kids did that nowadays at any school, probably in the country, people would look at you like, man, you guys are not ready to throw or anything like that. And that was, you know, professional baseball. And so um, it's come, you know, so far, the knowledge that we have um, is, is so good and all that. And just uh, overall pitch development is hidden in, such a good place, um, you know, and again, it's the games, you know, 
you know, I mean, you can turn on the game and you see every guy throwing a hundred and you're like, man, if that would have been 10 years ago that, you know, that guy doesn't get hit at all. And now there's guys that, you know, throw a hundred that, you know, are in AAA now getting sent down, you know? So, um, so yes, yeah, it's just a def- different, uh, time period and, and the player development and all that stuff is, um, you know, at such a good point right now that, you know, our kids are, you know, they understand that stuff and they're, you know, at, you know, we, you know, you try to get them to a point where um, they're their own best coach. So, yeah. Hey, can you explain a little bit about, like, how do you track? Like, do you track player development? Like, do you – is there things like, you know, a guy comes in and say, hey, here's what we do for players. Like, so do you – what do you track or how do you track with player development? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, player development, obviously we're, you know, tracking, you know, strike percentages, swing and miss percentages, obviously velocity – um, all that stuff, um, strike for, or swing and miss in, in zone, all that stuff to kind of have an idea of, you know, where their stuff plays best. And then also, um, you know, we, we, we chart how far their average miss is. Um, and so that we have a better idea of like where we should start that, you know, start those specific pitches and stuff like that. Um, but again, all that stuff is, you know, great. Um, but again, it's, it's just kind of, you know, and you want, you know, you want, depending on the kid, you want them to have, you know, the information, but some kids, you know, you don't want them to lock up because they have so much information and that's all they're worried about. Um, because again, um, there's some kids that, you know, don't need any of that. Um, you know, and, and there's other kids that, you know, it gives you an idea and them an idea of, you know, okay, this is how I need to pitch. And so, um, so that's obviously again, huge. Um, but again, um, it's just kid to kid and understanding that. But again, I think it's as a coach, you need to have an idea of like, okay, you know, where does my, where does this kid stuff play best? What can this guy handle in terms of like, cause again, now obviously we're talking about, you know, not just pitching, but hitting as well. Of like, okay, well, this guy's swing and miss percentage against a slider is this percentage. It's probably not great when, you know, to pinch hit this guy because this guy on the mound is, you know, he's 60% all speed, you know, or spin or whatever. And so it's just having an idea and a plan in terms of, you know, what our guys do well, what our guys need to improve on, um, you know. And, and and I think, you know, more so now than at any point, I think that's where, where you get buy-in because, again, I think a lot of the kids, you know, you know, they need that information in front of them because, again, they, I mean, you know, everybody's got a phone now. So the minute that you tell them something, they're going to look it up and see if it's true or not. And so, um, which I, I think it's great. Um, but I think it also holds each coach to a level of accountability that maybe, you know, wasn't there, you know, forever, you know, 30 years ago, um, which is good, you know? And so, um, but again, I think it's, you know, our job as coaches to have an idea of like, okay, what can this guy handle, you know, and what creates that buy-in because, you know, again, it's, you know, you don't want to, you know, put them in an information overload. And uh, now all they're thinking about is, okay, I've got, you know, I can't get a guy to swing and miss on my slider. And this guy, you know, can't hit sliders, but we can't go to it, you know. And so you want them, you know, to have that information, to have that idea, you know, but also to understand the competitive side of it. And I think that's probably, um, you know, what, Maybe, you know, 20 years ago, maybe or 15 years ago, maybe, you know, our, you know, our generation did maybe a better job of, you know, not to say that they don't compete now, 
Yeah. But that's all they were worried about. You know, it's like, you know, you, you go to a game now, you know, you're like, okay, you know, a kid comes out of the game, all, you know, probably what he wants to know is how hard was I throwing? You know, whereas maybe, you know, a while ago, all they cared about was, did I get three outs or not, you know, efficiently. And so, um, so it's just kind of, you know, allowing those guys to understand, like, you know, the overall goal as a pitcher is to get outs, you know, efficiently um, and uh, never to, you know, not to lose sight of it. And I tell our guys all the time, you know, obviously we're trying to develop the velocity, trying to develop the secondary stuff, but also, um, you know, the reason why we're trying to develop that is so that it makes it easier for us to get outs. And we can't forget about, you know, getting outs is the main thing. And so, um, you know, so it's again, again, it's just kind of, you know, allowing our guys to have the information at their disposal. Um, and again, just kind of, uh, you know, allowing them to have an idea and a plan of what they need to do specifically and what they need to work on to, to help them develop. So, yeah. In, in terms of like just tracking that, cause that could sound like a ton. Um, is yeah. that something that the coaches are doing? Do you have players are doing or SID doing like who's necessarily taking care of like tracking all of that? And then, being able to pull it down to then, okay, here's, like you said, here's where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, um, during the games, um, we have our, our pitchers that are not throwing that day track the stuff. And then I go in and I, you know, combine it all and, and kind of put together reports for each kid and say, okay, this is where, you know, you struggled at this outing. This is where we need to improve. This is what you did really well at. And I think, um, you know, again, giving them all that information in terms of, you know, not only the negative side of it, but the positive side of like, okay, this is what, you know, what you did good at. Um, this is what we got to continue to, you know, you know, continue to roll with. Um, it's just giving them that plan and that, you know, not just like harping on the negatives, you know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes guys, you know, you know, and again, it depends on the individual, like sometimes they just need to um, feel the love of like, okay, you're, you're hitting in the right direction. This is what you did do well at. And, 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 you know, for a lot of our guys specifically, um, you know, and, and I put videos up on our, on our, uh, our TVs and stuff in our locker room of them having success because a lot of, I mean, this is a game that can kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, at times can be negative. And so, um, you know, seeing yourself have success and, and all that, I think, is is really important. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm crunching the numbers, but again, um, the information that we give to them, you know, you know, obviously as a coach that's your, you know, you're sitting there and, you know, that's your decision to put that information in their hands. And so um, we got to make sure that it's the right information that'll, you know, motivate them to work harder, um, but also, um, you know, it's the information that kind of, for them to sit back and say, yes, I do do this. Well, I'm going to continue to work on it and understand like who I am and, and all that. So, yeah. So in terms of like a guy's development, like let's say year to year, like in the four years that you have them, yeah. like when you say swing and miss percentage, is that something that you like, let's say that's a, is that a goal? I guess, depending on the kid, is it depending on the pitcher? Like, Hey, you're at 30% or we want to get you to hear. Um, it, it, is it, is it, is it, is that, is that how you would explain or how do you kind of take those things that you track and then is, is that what yeah. they go to year to year? Yeah. I mean, I think just, uh, just by tracking it, it'll kind of, you know, allow you to kind of see what they're actually good at and maybe what they're not good at. Because again, obviously you have the, the spin rate and the amount that the ball's moving and stuff like that. But again, um, 
You know, if a guy's, you know, spin is, you know, you know, above average and is, you know, maybe his horizontal break or vertical break is really good, but that kid's not getting any swing and misses, um, you know, there you have to go, you know, back and figure out why that kid's not getting any swing and misses with it. Okay, is it really a good pitch or is he tipping the pitch? And stuff like that to kind of, you know, allow that guy to put the pieces to the puzzle together. Um, but again, um, again, it's just information to kind of create that buy-in with each specific kid that I think is so important, um, you know, rather than just saying like, hey, hey, man, like, you know, your spin rate on your slider is 2,600. You know, your average velocity on that pitch is, you know, 78.2. You know, your, you know, you know, your horizontal breaks four, you know, 0.3 inches and, you know, your vertical breaks 2.2. Um, and we're going to change it up because, you know, you know, we're going to change it up because I don't like it. You know, that's probably not going to create very much buy-in because the kid's going to look at it and say, hey, my spin rate on my slider is above average, you know, and, you know, that, that means it's a good pitch. Well, you know, if you have the, the numbers, you know, crunched in terms of like, okay, you can sit there and say, okay, well, you have, you know, 3% swing and miss, you know, on it. And, you know, you, essentially you don't get anybody swing and miss on it. So how good of a pitch is it in college baseball? Yeah. And so, um, again, just having that information, creating that buy-in, because if you sit there and you tell them that, then, okay, they'll, you know, buy into the changes. And, you know, maybe you create a different pitch. You know, maybe it's more, you know, of a sweeping slider or maybe, you know, whatever, you, you know, you want to create. But, um you know, I think it's, you know, having that information um, by tracking, it gives you more buy-in with the player, um, you know, so. Yeah, you care. I mean, you, you're, yeah, you, you're showing your care and you're involved with, um, and that, and like you said, yeah, you might have the, this, the numbers, but it's, you know, you're not getting guys out or, you know, like you said, you're not right. getting the swing and misses. So, um, <clears throat> uh, it seems like you love, uh, you know, more like, uh, like I would, I would call it like, uh, develop. Well, that's of course developing a pitching, but it's just like, uh, it, you know, like I said, if, if, if why, why isn't this pitch really working? And then we kind of go into and break down the pitch and maybe like reshape the pitch or something like right. that. It seems like that's what you, uh, seem to really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think anything to kind of make the kids better, I think is, you know, again, you know, that's why we, you know, that's why, you know, I enjoy a lot of what I do. Um, obviously it's developing those relationships with the kids. Um, and, and, you know, before, you know, any knowledge that you can give them, you know, they need to know that you care. Um, and, but again, it's, you know, but also, you know, these kids, you know, also have big time dreams and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, you're trying to sit there and say, okay, you know, you want to make it to the major leagues, you know, and, you know, you're trying to be a small, small part of that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the cooler things that we get to do is, okay, you know, let's talk baseball and let's talk development and, and all that stuff. Because again, um, you know, you're, you're a small, small piece to the puzzle for a lot of these guys. And, you know, if you can say one or two things to kind of help them and take their game to, you know, another level, like, yeah, I mean, I, I love that stuff. So. Just when they get, when a guy clicks it, guys get that, that, that aha moment, you know? Yeah. Give them a little, uh, give them a little taste of success. That's <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, it is. It is. It is a truly great thing about the game, and like that's a, that's the impact that we have. When you talked about like uh, like you said, the most important thing is developing the relationship, um, Coach. How, how would you say like always looking for ways of doing that? You know, I think I think when we talk to guys and like we're saying we're learning, you kind of learn from Jimmy and Nate, like everybody that we talk to, like just learn with different ways. What are ways have you found um, to to continue to build that relationship that you said is first? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think more than anything is just communicating with the kids because, again, they're, you know, for a lot of these kids that we deal with, man, they're homesick at times, um, you know, and sometimes, man, you know, just the the experience that these kids go through, man, they just need somebody to sit down and say, hey, man, how, you know, how was your day? Are you having a good day? Um, and just being there for them and just, uh, you know, because, again, um, there's times when you got to be the academic advisor. You got to do, you know, you got to do all the stuff. And so, um, again, it's just being there for them. And I think they see that um, at times and, uh, you know, just uh, just enjoying what we do. Um, and I, I think it's a unbelievable opportunity to kind of be in a situation where you can have such an impact on these younger kids, um, you know, and, and, and all that. And so I don't, you know, I don't want to sit down and, you know, take it for granted in any way. And so, um, but I think a lot of it is just being able to talk to them outside of the baseball field. Because again, it's it's one of those things to be able to sit down and break down the analytics of a pitch, you know, or okay, the movement pattern of a delivery. But, you know, it's a whole nother thing to be able to sit down and, you know, just have a conversation with them, you know. And I think sometimes those conversations go a lot further than, you know, just sitting down and just saying, hey, man, like, you know, I need to see you do this, this, and this with your, you know, in your delivery. I need to see you do this, this, and this, you know, in terms of your, you know, pitch shape or, you know, infield play or whatever, you know. And so I think it's, you know, ha kind of having that, you know, balance of like, you know, the development on the baseball side, but also the development as a, you know, 18 to 22 year old that they, you know, that does, you know, sometimes, you know, that sometimes maybe gets overlooked, you know, when guys kind of get caught up on, the win losses and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so we try to, or I try to have that balance of, you know, the development as a, of a person, but also the development in terms of the baseball field. Because again, you know, obviously, ultimately we're going to get, you know, sit down and, you know, people are going to judge about the win loss record and stuff like that. But, you know, it's about more, I think you create significant more buy-in, um, energy and effort you know, based upon kind of the, you know, just having a, you know, being there for the guys and stuff like that, that I think is probably the most important thing. Being there for the guys. Speaking of Dustin, you know, Derek Johnson, and that's one of the things I remember listening to him and he said, just be there, be real, be there, be honest. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just, that was the big thing, you know, like be there, be real. Like that's just like, it is, it's like the ultimate big thing, you know, guys yeah. are just being there, being real. You know, right. and uh, yeah, you for sure uh, seem to have that that presence too. Like I've been thinking of like because you have this, uh, you know, you, you you played professional baseball and 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 like you said, it was pretty different. And I'm just thinking of like in terms of both ways, like how did professional baseball, um, you know, help you in your role that you have now, and then but as well as like what you're doing now and what you're doing, like would have helped you in professional baseball. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think fortunately for me, I, you know, especially being the role that I, 
you know, am currently. I think it's huge that I got drafted as an infielder and played four years as an infielder, and then it took him four years to figure out I couldn't hit, and uh, then I converted to a pitcher. And so, um, so I think it's really unique to kind of be able to sit down and say, okay, you know, you know, we can kind of talk as an infield coach, uh, you know, because again, I was after I got drafted, I was more of a utility guy, so I played outfield, played all around the infield, never caught, um, you know, but again, um, you know, kind of played a little bit everywhere. And so I think it's really unique to kind of be able to sit down and talk to the, you know, to the infielders or the position players and break it down and say, hey, this is what I see. This is how we can get better, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, but again, I think, you know, just the, the knowledge that, you know, is out there, you know, you know, on each guy's phone or computer, Nowadays, I think there's no doubt that, you know, that would have been, you know, awesome to have, you know, when I played. But, um, you know, again, it's it's one of those things where I had such a uh, a really good, you know, upcoming in terms of or upbringing in terms of, uh, you know, my dad was a longtime high school coach. So from the time I was born, I was, you know, at a baseball field um, and then just the coaches that, you know, I I came across throughout the years. Um, you know, again, I, I think, yeah, the information's out there, you know, in terms of development, but a lot of these, you know, guys that coached many years ago, they already had that information in terms of, you know, the pitch design stuff or the, you know, the hitting stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think like, I mean, I, I always say to our hitters now and it is, it's joking, but I, I don't think I could hit now in college baseball if, if, I was coming up just with all the, you know, uh, information that gets thrown at them. And I think sometimes guys, you know, again, it goes back to my point earlier is like, you know, we got to make sure that the information that we are giving the guys, you know, allows them to, um, you know, have that information have an idea and have a plan, but also allows them to, you know, their brain to kind of be able to uh, be free and be loose and, and, and play fast. And so um, that's kind of the goal from, you know, our position players right now is just to, to be aggressive and and to trust what your eyes see. And so, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I, again, I yeah, there's a lot of information out there now. I think it would have helped me develop a little bit. Um, but, again, I was surrounded by a ton of good coaches growing up. Um, and I was putting every opportunity to develop and make it to the big leagues that I could. Um, and it just did not work out for me. So Yeah, hitting's hard, man. Hitting is – Tough, especially yeah. now you're seeing crazy velocity as it is, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy tough. I mean, uh, oh man, <clears throat> oh, um, in terms of like just I guess continuing down the development path, I love like so. Would you say that you know, um, you know, looking at a typical practice, let's let's go into yeah. let's go into practice. You sound like a guy that just likes the the flow of practice and and things like that. So, like, um, in terms of like you said, just having guys you know, trust and attack. Like, um, how how do they get there? Like, how do you get your guys to get to that to get to that level where they can just they can just go and attack or let's say compete? Yeah, yeah. So, um. I think the biggest thing, you know, in terms of practice and then now we've played two um, games this fall against outside competition, but I think it's just, um, you know, continuing to harp on like, okay, being actually aggressive and not, 
you know, a kid makes a mistake because he is aggressive. Like a kid gets thrown out trying to stretch, stretch a single into a double or a catcher back picks and he throws it down the line, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, allowing the kids to understand like, okay, we're not just caught up on, you know, obviously, you know, results is, you know, you know, it's, you know, a lot, but like not just being caught up in the negative results, like, okay, a kid, you know, tries to go, you know, stretch a single into a double gets thrown out. Um, you know, and we're, you know, upset about it. And then he does the same thing and the kid throws the ball up the line a little bit and he's in there and now we're happy. You know, it's just understanding like, okay, the process behind it, being aggressive, you know, you know, really aggressive on the base pass, really aggressive throwing the baseball around um, and just having a plan for each, like, and not just like harping on like, okay, he had success, um, you know, great job or, you know, he struggled in this area and that's a terrible job. And so um, it's just because I think if you're consistently preaching, you know, aggressive aggressiveness, you'll get to a point where, you know, the kids will play free and they will p- play fast and they won't fear the mistake. And that's probably the, the thing that, you know, we're trying to get out of our guys the most is like not fearing the mistake. Um, and so that's what we're harping on. Um, but yeah, in terms of practice, uh, we do a ton of base running, um, you know, because again, it, it becomes a mindset of like, I want them to play loose. I want them to play fast and I want them to trust their eyes and, and all that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and then I try to, you know, in terms of the practice, I try to break it down to as individualized as we possibly can, not only offensively, but defensively as well. And so, um, again, we just try to get our guys in a position where, they have an understanding of what they're trying to do. Um, and then I don't, you know, I don't try to max rep it yet. Um, because again, I'm trying to, you know, get them to understand what we're trying to get out of them, whether it's, you know, again, hitting wise or whether it's, you know, you know, defensively infield technique, that sort of stuff. So not a ton of max reps yet. Um, we'll get to that point, but again, we're trying to get them to a, a point of understanding, um, you know, the, you know, the technique behind what we do. So, yeah. You said individualized in terms of defense. Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, like, I don't want to assume, but like, I think it's unique what you said, what you said there uh, in terms of practice. Like, because of course, if, and then you're thinking of like individual, of like when in terms of practice, you said individualizing in terms of even defense, can you, can you dive in a little, some details there of like, how do you do that? How do you individualize defensive plans? and make time for that during the day. Yeah. So I try to, you know, I, again, now that I'm not doing pitching, um, it's significantly easier for me because again, when, you know, when I was doing pitching, I mean, you're talking about like 20 different plans because again, there's 20 different needs for that, you know, for those kids each day. And so kind of taking, taking that same thing and kind of broke it down to like, okay, this guy, you know, is playing third base. So he's going to see more of the, more of these type of baseballs hit at him. And so just, again, trying to take um, the large sample size of probably the position that they're, you know, going to play, um, the the positive or the strengths and weaknesses of each guy, and then kind of just kind of expanding on that. It's like, okay, you know, maybe our third baseman really struggles to come get the baseball in terms of bunts or slow rollers. And so it's kind of, you know, I try to break down like, okay, in that guy's specific plan, 
for that day, okay, if we're, you know, taking a normal routine uh, BP or whatever, okay, whoever's hitting in fungos, that guy needs to know, like, okay, we're going to work more on this specific area. And, um, you know, okay, maybe this guy, you know, maybe our shortstop, you know, may have a tough time going to his backhand side or whatever. And so, um, you know, so we kind of put those guys in those positions um, and they're aware of their strengths and they're aware of their weaknesses so that if we are positioning guys in certain ways, they understand why, you know, we're doing what we're doing. And so, again, it's just, um, you know, breaking down, okay, each kid and what they have success with and why they have, you know, what their weaknesses are. And then, you know, again, building off of that. And because, again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, um, you know, you're just trying to get them better over the long haul. And, and I think if they have an understanding of what they may need to work on, um, I think they typically, you know, do a lot more of that. Because, again, we do a lot more of, in terms of our coaching. But I think if they have an understanding of it, they take pride in that. And so, um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, break down these guys' movements. Um, they have, you know, I, I did the same as pitching. Like, they – have you know how they move they have video of it okay this is what we're working on today specifically this is the play this is what you know we've been struggling with um and this is how we're going to attack it and so um, again they and you know they i mean they have you know really short meetings with me um you know infield play and stuff like that but again it's uh it's all done you know on the you know nine guys that we have that play infield for us and so um so, yeah, I mean, because, again, I was so used to writing 20 practice plans every single day that now writing nine um, feels amazing. So. You'll take it. You'll take <laughs> no it. No doubt about it. <laughs> um, I was thinking of in terms of base running because I want you to help me out. It's like, yeah, how do you uh, put um, create more live situations in base running and to be able to rep it out? Right. Yeah. So what we do um, – so that anytime, so I mean, quite frankly, we dedicate about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the day, um, to base running right off the bat. So mm-hmm. um, I know it's going to sound crazy, but uh, but we don't stretch. So, um, you know, again, our guys, you know, for whatever reason, you know, come down and they're ready to roll. And maybe they get down earlier because they know I'm not going to stretch. And so we roll right into base running. Um, but again, if a guy's... Uh, if a guy's in, in a bullpen period, um, we'll just transition them right to the field. Um, and maybe we'll do um, dirt ball reads, um, straight steals, stuff like that, um, right off of that guy that's actually, you know, instead of him throwing the bullpen in the in the pen, um, he's on the actual game field. So that, again, we're kind of repping that um, and all that. Um, but, again, I think the best, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of reading stuff is, is what we do is is if the pitchers have thrown already, we kind of put them in positions in the outfield since we only will need three guys. And then we just do a live fungo and just kind of rotate off of that. And I think that's really good because, again, I think it puts our guys in a position of like, okay, you know, you know, you know, again, different situations of like, okay, you know, there might be runner on first and second in terms of this drill, but we're only, you know, each read is going to be independent of the other stuff like that. And so, um, or first and second, you know, it's actually first and second and, you know, you're, you know, you're reading that lead runner and all that stuff. And so, 
Um, but again, we do a lot of the fungo stuff. We do a lot of the bullpen stuff because again, that's already, you know, um, that's a, they're already going to do that anyway. And so um, it just allows us to kind of get, you know, more efficient in terms of, you know, reading ball out of hand, um, more efficient in terms of the timing of the guy puts, puts an awareness on the pitchers of like, okay, I can't be a one six to the plate. Um, it puts a awareness in terms of the catcher of like, Hey, look, there's the head coach is here. The hitting coach is here. The pitching coach is here. You know, maybe that time when, you know, you're in the bullpen is just the pitching coach. Maybe I don't block that baseball, but now literally everybody's here. The balls, <laughs> you know, um, you know, every position player is watching you, all that stuff. Um, and then we just create lines um, off of that um, so that we can get multiple reps and stuff like that. Um, but again, it's just one of those things where um, we're trying to um, get as comfortable being on the bases so that we can be more aggressive on the actual bases, um, you know, and not just be out there and, you know, messing around there and be batting practice and stuff like that with not a ton of eyes on us. And so, um, so we, again, just dedicate a few minutes, uh, you know, right at the beginning of practice so that, um, you know, you know, the guys have an understanding and they understand that we value it. So, um, Oh yeah. It's right away. So uh, another, it's another, uh, so just, so I'm, 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 I'm picturing it correctly. Yep. Um, the, the pitcher comes out it, it is, or is like, you know, the pitching coach right there next to him, like in a typical bullpen yeah. setting, I guess as a first base, maybe first base, and you know your 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 coaches at each line possibly. Yep. Um, and is is the pitcher just kind of still focused on the bullpen, or should he be mixing up his looks and still having an awareness of the runners? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so initially he's kind of just focused on the bullpen, and as he gets kind of you know more and more pitches in into the outing. Um, he kind of then focuses on like a holding runners and, and changing his timing and tempo to the plate and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the, the pitching coach is right there behind him. Um, you know, we have Rap Soto, so obviously all that's synced up. Um, so he gets all his information, all that he needs. Um, you know, sometimes the pitch coach is, is, is videoing him and all that stuff. So again, he can kind of go over that stuff later on with the guy. Um, but again, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I typically am at second base. And we have three lines at second. Um, and then our hitting coach is typically at first base, and he has three lines at, at first. And so we're all just kind of creating um, a situation where we're trying to create reads, trying to create, you know, our kids being comfortable, you know, being, you know, taking their leads um, and all that stuff and, and, and trusting their eyes and, and their reads and all that stuff. So, um, again, it's just, uh, you know, a situation where, you know, they know we care about it. Um, and, and they know we do it every, literally every single day. So, um, so again, it's, it's, they know the value, the buy-ins there, because again, um, yeah, most of the coaching staff is right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so, and and then I love it. And then I'm wondering too, like, will you put in situations where like, can the pitcher pick off? Like, yeah. Can he inside move? Like, can he just do these things that can, cause I'm, I'm sure he probably has a focus. Like, let's say it's right. That slider you were talking about earlier. I'm trying to get more horizontal break. Like whatever, you know. Yeah. Let's say he's got that focus, but will he still be able to? All right, I'm going to inside move here. Like, like is there is there? Oh yeah. Is that built into it? Oh yeah, and then it becomes like, you know, for him, it's like okay, well, like 
you know, you, you could be, you know, the pitcher could be on the mound and, and, you know, the, you know, the guys that runners on second really not know that, you know, it's, you know, live in terms of the pickoffs and stuff like that. And then he could inside move it. And it's just getting them in a situation where, Hey man, I, I didn't know he was locked in on the base runners. And now I've got to, you know, create a scramble to get back to second base and stuff like that. Because they're going to be put in that situation where, I mean, how many times do we see a guy do an inside move? The middle infielders are still in their positions and the, the runner, you know, thinks that he's just in the middle of the field and freaking out. And, you know, by that time, you know, the, the middle infielders have scrambled to the bag and, and now we create an out there. And so it's just creating, you know, trying to get our guys to be comfortable and, and obviously the uncomfortable situations and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where it uh, kind of puts them in a situation where, you know, they, you know, focus and, and all that stuff on different things that obviously we all got to be good at, you know, because again, you know, how many guys just want to be really good at, you know, velocity or spin, spin rate or whatever. And so, but there's so much more to pitching and being an actual good pitcher that sometimes gets overlooked. And so um, in, in, in terms of the base running and stuff like that, this creates that side of it of, okay, like, yeah, you can throw a hundred, but like, if you can't hold runners, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really challenging because you're always going to pitch with runners in scoring position if oh. a guy gets on because they're just going to run. And so um, it's just creating that sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, with that, obviously, you know, you move down to the catcher of like, okay, well, like instead of, uh, you know, just being in the bullpen and just, you know, oh, laying a ball, you know, now you've got to block and recover and that sort of stuff because, again, everybody's looking at you and, you know, I mean, it's natural that these kids are talking trash to, you know, the catcher oh, yeah. of like, okay, because, you know, obviously every ball that he blocks and recovers, he thinks he's going to throw everybody out. And so um, you create that competitiveness and, and all that and in the same, you know, in the same moment. And it's a really good thing that, you know, we're, to, you know, again, it's just a, a bullpen, you know, it's yeah. just, but you're creating more variables and all that stuff. And again, you know, typically the pitchers are, are sharper out there, you know, because again, it's, all eyes are on you. And so, like, if you're throwing balls off the backstop, it's going to be really challenging for that guy because he's going to be getting worn out by the, you know, 18 other guys. And so, yeah. of like, hey, man, we're trying to get reps in and you're throwing the ball off against the backstop, you know. And so, um, you know, but again, it kind of gives them the, you know, ability to kind of focus in. And, you know, when you're in the middle of the field, um, like you are, you better. I mean, you're probably going to take that more seriously than, you know, just a bullpen with the pitching coach and the catcher. So. Yeah, in the bullpen, right. You're on the game field, too. You're like, you're on yeah. the – and I like that, too. Like, most guys just – it's hallowed ground, you know, because you're messing up the mound. You got to fix it, you know, yeah. especially if you're on a dirt mound. You know, it's, it's always – you always got work to do. Um, yeah. But there's definitely a certain value. And, like, I guess a couple a couple other details, man. Like, it just – I love it. Um, is it typically only one pitcher a day? Yeah, typically and, – and, and typically um, – well, it just depends on, you know, again, obviously how many bullpens there are. Yep. But um, typically we try to, what we try to do is if it is multiple bullpens, we try to put the bullpen arms after the initial arm. And the reasoning behind that is because they guys, you know, our guys that come out of the bullpen or any team, you know, they're not going to be thrown on a clean mound. And so it's, you know, what I don't want to do is put that guy in the bullpen on a fresh mound, but he's, a, you know, a guy that throws every eighth inning. And he's thrown on a fresh mound when, you know, that's a variable that 
you know, he's never going to be in that situation of like, okay, brand, you know, fresh mound, freshly clayed, all that stuff. And so, um, so we typically try to start with, you know, as simple as it sounds, a uh, starting pitcher. Um, and then again, if it's a day where, you know, it's a 20 to 30, or like, let's say it's a 30 minute day and there's multiple bullpens, you know, you know, at that time, you know, starter starts, you know, yep. and, and then after that, you bring the bullpen arm because now the mound is, you know, not as nice. And, um, you know, that you're able to put that guy in a situation that he's closer to in terms of the game, you know, that he would play in April as opposed to, you know, okay, fresh mound. Okay, well, I'm a guy that does in the eighth inning. And so multiple multiple arms throwing, um, you know, are typically those days. But if it's one, um, typically that's probably when you're going to have if it's one uh, bullpen on the mound, that's typically probably when you're going to have more of the fungo type of reading and that sort of stuff later on. And then obviously, you know, there's times when we just create, you know, you know, times for like the actual teaching of what we're trying to do. Um, and again, that's, you know, that's been a lot of it so far, um, whether it's returns or whether it's leads or whether it's, you know, just getting them comfortable and, and at a certain distance off the bag and, and, and being consistent with it that I think is challenging. Um, because again, um, you know, you're going to get a kid that maybe not as locked into, you know, certain stuff that, you know, gets off at, you know, a seven foot lead when, you know, maybe you're trying to get at, you know, to 12 feet or whatever. And so, um, you know, it's just being consistent and allowing them to understand that that stuff is important and again, we put a ton of value in it, um, you know, and and uh, we just try to make as as everything that we do have a purpose, and just like every coach. But yeah, that's that's more so, and and have a focus on each thing. So, yeah, I love the just the details of the starter throwing on a clean mound, uh, and then the reliever coming in after him on the you know, man, that's been worn because yeah, multiple guys have thrown on it, you know, for both teams. Yeah. Um, I even think of the, I even think of the fact of like, you know, your, your pitcher, you know, throwing too much on the mat. Cause like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't get outs and we get off efficiently. Right. We want to get right. outs and get off the mound. So like throw a couple, bring the next guy on, then bring the next guy back. Like I'm just yep. thinking of like, I don't want the guy exactly. sitting out there for, for 20 minutes. I want him to focus on like, Get your outs, make your pitches, get out. We'll bring another no guy doubt. on. You take your your three outbreak and then you know come back. So I kind of yeah. envision, I guess, envision that too, where you're trying to keep the guys. Yeah. Because no there's gonna be that time, but then also like, you know, the value of obviously the game mound is like, you know, you get the depth perception that's so much different, you know, between pretty much everybody's game mound and their bullpen mount. So it's uh creating that. Um, because again. Um, there, there's a lot of value in that and, and kind of what the pitcher sees and stuff like that. But, you know, you're exactly right in terms of the guy going to sit down because, again, um, you know, I mean, I think we've all been around guys that, you know, at every level of, you know, okay, this guy, you know, doesn't do a great job coming back out. And it's just, uh, you know, getting them comfortable, you know, you know, making their pitches, executing their pitches, going and hanging out for, you know, five minutes and then coming back out. And so, um, that's definitely part of it, um, you know, and, and again, it creates more reps and, and that sort of stuff. So no doubt. For sure. Um, 
super cool. Um, and just, uh, did you, I mean, so at you as a pitcher and your pitcher, you know, I yep. you kind of done both professionally. Like, did, was this something you created in terms of what you wanted more from the base running side? And you said, oh, well, this is just better for the pitchers too. Or is it like, would you have, would you have wanted to do this as a pitcher yourself? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's value. Um, but again, I think, uh, I think more so what I'm looking at it from is, is the value that it gives our, our position players in terms of base running is more so what I was going, you know, for, yeah. especially this year is like, you know, we got to get better, you know, at certain things. And, and again, I value certain things, you know, and, and one of the things is base running. And so, um, I think it's something that we can be, you know, good at and stuff like that, because, you know, I think typically, you know, you know, whatever, at whatever level of coaching, the stuff that you value, typically those teams are, you know, historically better at. And so um, I, I value uh, base running. Um, but again, I think it, again, it's just trying to create, um, you know, situations that we can get multiple guys in. And so like, you know, if it, if it helps the pitchers, because, okay, you know, the guy's pitching on the game mound, so you got the depth perception. If it helps the catchers because now he's more locked in, you know, in terms of receiving or blocking because the coaches are there. If it helps the bullpen arms because now they're throwing on a mound that, you know, is more real, you know, it's the real game mound, but also, you know, you're putting them in a situation where, you know, they're throwing on a mound that's, you know, beat up just like they would in terms of, you know, pitching the seventh, eighth inning of a, you know, game. Um, you know, all those, all those details, I think matter. And I think, uh, I think those details help you, um, you know, create that buy-in and, and, and help the kids understand like, Hey, we're not just, you know, running to run, or we're not just, you know, throwing a bullpen because we have to throw a bullpen. Like we're actually trying to get better at it, you know, whatever it is. And so, and I think that's, you know, kind of like we talked about in terms of the, you know, planning of like, okay, this is what you do well. This is what you're struggling with. Um, this is what we're trying to get better at. I think it's all, you know, a constant communication um, from the coaching staff all the way down. And so, um, you know, but again, they, they they have all that information. It's just getting them the right information um, and getting them to understand, you know, this is what, you know, we do value. And I think sometimes that, that stuff gets lost is like, you know, the kids not understanding completely what you do value. But base running is something I do value a ton in, um, you know, and then again, obviously um, being able to take that and uh, help hopefully help the pitching staff, the catchers, you know, and, and all those guys, because again, we want them to trust their reads. We want them to be aggressive and play fast. So in terms of valuing it, do you, what do you track in, in base in terms of base running? Uh, I mean, we don't, I mean, we, we haven't tracked a whole lot. Um, you know, again, it's just something that we go over literally every single day. And so I'm um, obviously, we, you know, we're tracking like the dirt ball reads and, and the, you know, stolen bases, but like in terms of like, you know, anything outside of that, I mean, but I think most schools are probably tracking that stuff, you know? And so, um, but again, um, you know, it's not, it's not something where, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting there and saying, okay, you know, you're, you know, 12 and a half feet off the lead, you know, out first base or you're, you know, 10 and a half foot off first base. It's like, okay, you know, we're literally every time we play a game, you know, scrimmage wise, that first base coach is literally sitting there 
and he's watching every step that they take, you know, because again, I think if we can get to, you know, a, a consistent distance, we have an idea of like, okay, you know, cause obviously we're, we're, you know, you know, what we are, what we do know is, you know, the speed in which we go from, you know, uh, you know, a distance off of first base to second base, and then it becomes a math equation and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so you do know there's still start times. What you're saying, you know, they're still oh, yeah, oh, like yeah. all the kids know their their start of time oh, yeah. is we know and all that the pitchers over a certain time, then they can go, yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I mean, so like we have that information, we have you know, obviously. Try to get as much information in terms of each specific pitcher. Um, yeah. So that we have the time at home. We have, you know, obviously a ton of, you know, information in terms of the pop time from the catcher. Um, you know, obviously the the typical tag time, all that stuff um, that we need to, you know, make put a it in a mathematic, mathematical equation. Um, because, again, we need to know our guys and we need to know their, you know, speed and, we need to know their reaction time and the guys that don't have a great reaction time. Why don't they have a great reaction time? Are they trusting what they see? That sort of stuff um, that I think is so important. Um, but again, um, you know, that's, I mean, I, I feel like most schools are tracking that sort of stuff, but um, you know, it's not anything crazy or anything like that, but. No, I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, like how guys do it too. You know what I mean? I yeah. think we're all in terms of like how it's delivered. Like you said, how it's delivered, how the people, how can we get them to understand it? Yeah. Meet them where they are, how can they handle it? As well as like the competition part of it, you know, where, right. you know, does someone value it or reward it, you know, depending on what they're doing. Well, you know, I want to see so many dirt ball reads or if the team did so many, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know you said like, you know, we, we, we value it so much that maybe is there a stolen base winner of the week? You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, a bag, you know, based a cat, a cat burglar of the week, whatever you want to call yeah. it, you know, it just depend. You know, we all have this different little things that, you know, get guys, get guys to compete and create a good environment. That's what you're doing. You're, you're kind of create an environment for guys to yeah. want to succeed, you know, to, to be fearless. And like you said, not, not, not fear that mistake. Right. You know, you're, you're creating yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt. And I mean, again, we, you know, like, like anybody else, like we try to, you know, steal reps in terms of, uh, you know, you know, scrimmages and stuff like that. Like we, I mean, I think it's pretty common. Like, I mean, we put a guy in, um, just past, just behind the first baseman and, and a guy just behind, you know, in shallow center that do like different reads at, on different bases. So like, you know, a guy might be out of the full windup, but, um, you know, maybe the, you know, this is the first hitter of the inning and we've got guys on first and second, but they're not on the actual bases and we're working dirt ball reads and their reads are independent of each other and stuff like that. And so, um, it's, again, it's just getting them more comfortable and, and, and allowing them to play fast because again, it's, you know, typically the more reps that you get, um, typically, uh, the more comfortable you get out there. And so those are the type of things that we try to do, um, you know, and, and just, you know, again, having, you know, just because the guy's out of the full windup because he doesn't have anybody on doesn't mean we can't, you know, see angle of ball out of the hand and, and, and okay, just because a guy you know, is the first hitter of the inning doesn't mean, you know, a guy, you know, guy gets a base hit to right center. Okay. That guy goes, you know, the guy on first goes first to third. It's not something that he can't, you know, he can't work on, um, you know, when he just got out, you know, the inning before. And so, you know, again, it's just kind of 
trying to be creative and, you know, not having, you know, nine or 10 guys on the bench hanging out. Um, it's like, okay, well, you know, these two dudes were, you know, um, these two dudes were the last two outs of the last inning. Um, instead of just chilling on the bench, let's put them on the bases and we'll roll and, yeah. you know, figure out that sort of stuff. And, you know, just trying to, you know, be as efficient and, and all that as we possibly can be. So, yeah. So mm. we do. That's cool, man. Uh, what, what is the slowest player on your team? Uh, I can't imagine me too many slow guys on your team. No, I mean, we actually have, I mean, we have quite a few. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually do these things called, uh, competitive <laughs> moments. So, um, what I do is say, what are they I, called? Competitive moments. Okay. I just made up some stuff, you know, and yeah. So kind of what we do is, uh, it can be anything like it can be, you know, a kid. when I send out the practice plan, they know if they're on it or not. Typically, okay. typically, not all the time, but <clears throat> and so it could be like, okay the competitive moment for today may be, okay, I know Sam Roberts is throwing a bullpen today. So Sam Roberts knows the competitive bullpen is that, you know, the last thing we do typically every day. And the guys, start, the guys love this so much that we kind of, you know, there's sometimes there's multiple stuff like that. So, cause they just eat it up. But, yeah. uh, you know, so like, let's say it's at like six 30 at night. And, uh, so, um, it may be like, you know, I got a bullpen today and, uh, you know, I get my, you know, essentially 90% of my bullpen in. And then the last 10% may be, Hey, like you got bases loaded, two outs and you're facing this kid and we got an infield. And so they love it. I mean, cause again, it's just one of those, cause it's the whole team and it's yeah. the last thing we do. And it's just putting them in a, in a situation where it's a little bit uncomfortable, um, and that sort of stuff. And we do, you know, uh, things that, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, evolve around just, uh, you know, just baseball. Um, but sure. I mean, most of them do, um, like, I mean, you know, it could be, you know, just different. We try to create different situations to kind of get them to compete and get them out of, outside of their comfort zone and that sort of stuff. And, and the kids really enjoy it. Um, it's a little chaotic at times, I'm sure. Um, probably looks a little disorganized at times, but uh, but I love it, and the guys, you know, seem to really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we do is is get them in co- uncomfortable situations. So, oh, that that is a lot of fun. And so, is it is there a consequence, or is there typically just a winner loser? Uh, there's definitely a consequence. So, um, you know, so like the other day. Uh, there was two kids, um, you know, from a certain area. And, uh, if they, if they listen to this podcast, they, they'd absolutely love this. So they're from the same area. And so I said, and both of them are really slow. So it goes back to your point. I bet you don't have any slow guys. So I said, okay, so we're going for the, uh, the, you know, the, the slowest man in this, uh, this, uh, this County. And, uh, you know, the winner takes on the crown and the, in the, you know, or the, the loser of it, the guy that, you know, um, doesn't, uh, you know, the guy that loses this, you know, becomes the, you know, actually wins the title of the slowest man in this, in this County, but the actual winner wins bragging rights. And, and so we, we got them out there. We ran, cause I, quite frankly, I just wanted to know their 60 times just to know how slow they actually were. Um, 
And so we did it. Um, we, we lined essentially two teams up um, side by side. Um, you know, whoever they picked, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, whichever one, they just stood on that side and they all the way down the outfield and we ran it and, you know, we had a winner and a loser and the guys loved it and they were jumping up and down and <laughs> the guy that lost it <laughs> become the slowest man in that County. And, uh, but the guys loved it. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, but yeah, I got the, you know, so yeah, the answer is we do have a lot of slow guys on our team. <laughs> Um, hopefully we, you know, continue to work them and hopefully they get faster over time. Um, but again, regardless, um, we've all, you know, been in situations where, you know, certain guys, you know, because of their ability, you know, um, to, uh, process things, uh, mindset wise, you know, maybe they're seven, you know, one sixty maybe plays a little bit faster than, um, you know, another guy. So there's no sure. doubt so we're trying to get them more comfortable with the reads and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely do have some slower guys on our team. So, <laughs> but the competitive moments that gets them out. So, will you all? Will there always be like a like a maroon and gold team? Will there always be like two sim teams like for those things, or is it you like when you say could pick them, they just kind of pick who they thought was going to win, and that's who's yeah. Team so sometimes I sometimes I'll split them up in teams. Um, yes, and sometimes it's uh, it's pitchers versus hitters. So. Oh, nice. And it becomes really cool um, because, again, it's like, you know, hey, man, uh, you know, again, it could be a tough situation. Like, and it could be like, hey, man, you got bases loaded, two outs, and a 3 0 count against this hitter, and you're starting. Like, so if you throw a ball, you're done. Like, we right. do. <laughs> so, um, or it could be like, hey, you know, it could be a situation where it's like, hey, man, bases loaded, two outs, 0 2 count, and you're stepping in the box. And so, um, but you gotta, you know, compete and you gotta, you know, find a way to, you know, hopefully put yourself in a position to, uh, have success. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's just kind of get them in that mindset of like, Hey man, whatever the odds are stacked against you, um, uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to have success. And that's what I want to do. So that's a lot of fun. Coach, I pre I pre appreciate you. That, that was a great way. I think I want to just like respect your time. We're already here yeah. after 10 and, and everything. And uh, I told you, we could just sit here and chat and talk and it's been great. Um, is there anything that maybe we haven't covered that you feel like you just want to touch base about, you want to talk about, like felt like that was just something on your mind that, you know, you'd love to share about VMI or your program or uh, anything. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think one of the core things is obviously, um, you know, just with the with the academic um, experience that our guys go through. Um, I think it's really unique that this year we had three guys in the major leagues. And so, um, you know, at the same time. So I think that's pretty cool, um, you know, because, again, I think for a long time, um, you know, it's such an academic school. We only had one guy ever make it for the longest time. But again, this year, um, you know, between the coaches that have been here, so uh, Marlon Eikenberry and Jonathan Hadra, um, they, they recruited really good players um, and, and, and put those guys in a situation to develop physically. Um, and now you see three guys in the big leagues that, you know, maybe weren't guys that, you know, had a million offers out of high school. Um, that came here and wanted to get a really good education and then also wanted an opportunity to play and develop and fail here. Um, because again, 
we all know, um, you know, that's probably your best learner is failure. And so, um, you know, so again, those kids came here and developed and, and left here really good players. So, yeah. So. I appreciate you sharing that. That is awesome uh, to know. You know, three big leaguers in one year uh, from a school, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how many could say that, like actually say that right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because again, I mean, this is a school. I mean, this, I mean, there's only 1,700 kids that go to school here. So it's a really small school. Um, but again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, um, these kids, you know, uh, you know, chose, you know, this school and they, you know, and that's one of the cool things about VMI is like they use, you know, the, you know, the academic and the military and all that stuff to kind of, you know, this is their escape. And they want to, you know, really work hard and really develop in their, you know, three hours or whatever we have at practice for that day. Um, and so, again, I think there's a certain level of focus that our guys have, um, you know, and I think that's really important. Certainly. Uh, I love how you said that too, the, your best learner. So, uh, I just uh, really appreciate it, man. This is uh, super fun. Like I said, I think we could keep going on all night just talking about like, especially the competitive situation. That was fun. That was good. <laughs> that was fun. I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun with that too, you know. But, uh, yeah, they love it. That's for sure. So I, I appreciate will, you having me on. And yeah, again, man. Um, this was awesome. Yeah, you bet. No, I, I really do appreciate it. And I mean, just uh, I, I wish you the best of luck and get any more major leaguers out there, man. That's, that's, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, Coach Roberts, appreciate you and all the information. Appreciate the great conversation. We just rolled, and here we are, almost an hour and a half in to the podcast. And Coach Roberts just gets a chance to talk just a unique perspective that VMI, Virginia Military Institute, gets to provide to athletes, given the military background, the service part, but as well as being able to provide an environment, place where you can have three big leaguers in one year come from your school um there's not too many power fives that could say that this year how many bachelor big leaguers they had so uh pretty awesome pretty awesome pretty very unique coach roberts just a big league guy um you know and i think he provides a big league presence to all his players um love the love his perspective on making base running live um something i really took away from that and something in you know always trying to being able to teach it a little differently and being able to make it more impactful Always trying to find ways to make it game-like, and I love that. You know, even from a standpoint, even from a pitching per, pitching perspective, like he knows it's important. He still knows you got to get a bullpen in, so let's get a bullpen on the let's get a bullpen on the game mound. There's a lot of really good factors to actually being able to throw on the game mound. And I think a lot of times I know just me as a coach, like you don't want to do that work. You know, you you got to do more work. You got to make sure that that gets right. And um, you know, there's a lot of things that I think they were apprehensive about putting things on the game mound. But there's definitely value value there, for sure. A lot of value. Well, you wonder why, like, you know, most basketball shots when you're at basketball practice, they want to be shot on the game rim. You know, why are we why are we taking so many so many bullpens, so many pitches thrown on, especially not not the home mound, but some some mound that's not the same as the as the home mound. We'll talk about a home field advantage. Go on the game mound. So it's just a unique perspective. Great great thought. Um, really appreciate the time, Coach Roberts. Appreciate you guys all hanging in here. 
and Coach Roberts for all the thought and consideration. And again, thank you to the Netting Pros guy for all making this happen and being able to help us provide a great message. So until next time, keep getting better.